Welcome to your Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons, jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Well, the top story is a man named George Floyd. This was in the news yesterday, but we didn't cover it. Was killed by two Minneapolis police officers Completely videotaped. I watched it. It was horrible. You could see one cop had, I actually thought it was a chick for most of the video, had his knee. uh, That cop's name was Derek Chauvin. He had his knee on George's neck and George was saying, I can't breathe, breathe, I can't breathe. People were videotaping in the beginning, videotaping, recording (laughs) it on their iPhones. In the beginning, Even the guy who was recording it on the phone was saying, hey, man, you're not going to win. Just give up, whatever. So and the guy and and he said, just get in the car or put him in the car. And the cops said, we've been trying to get him in the car for 10 minutes. So clearly there was some resisting arrest going on. It doesn't. (laughs) It's not a justification for murder. They 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 kept him subdued in that position long after what appeared to be reasonable. Now, we didn't see what happened in the. 10 minutes beforehand or the 15 minutes beforehand. And the mayor is is calling for the cops to be charged. And I would just say that previous, it looked to me clearly like these cops were, were trained in a certain way. This looked like they were doing exactly what they were trained to do. They seemed very robotic about the whole thing. I was trying to find a story about this and I stumbled upon a story from a couple of years ago in Minneapolis where two cops shot a black guy, Thurman Blevins. I don't know if you remember that sounded kind of familiar to me. Whatever the story was there, those cops were never charged. And I would just say, first of all, they're making this a story about race. My son was super upset about it. He's like, cops are killing people all over the place. I mean, he has, it it was not racial to him. And I think it's a mistake to make it racial. It looks to me that both from the way the cops are trained and also from how it's handled. So for me, if a prosecutor doesn't want to charge a person for a crime, it's up to that prosecutor's discretion. I can understand that. If a jury trial is purely for your protection as an individual, they maybe have that discretion. If the trial in the criminal justice system is for the protection of the public at large, maybe they shouldn't even have the discretion not to put a person on trial in front of the peers if there's any accuser or violent crime or somebody's killed. I don't know. But for sure, when the person who killed another person is is a government actor, I can't see, I keep coming around to this, that person, the government actor, it should not be in the discretion of other government actors to not charge that person. See, so when you see with the Arbery case, the guy had the discretion not to charge those guys. And I don't know if the jury trial is just a shield, but can also be a sword. But it seems like if you, you it's a, just too much power to have to let people get away with murder because you have the discretion not to charge them. And they can get off easily. If it's a slam dunk case, they should be able to get off easily. But it will keep you thinking twice about your behavior. Yeah. I don't know the context, the full context of what happened. What happened was terrible, tragic. He did not deserve to lose his life. 
if we continue or the media continues and people buy into it to project racism into every single interaction between an African-American man and a police officer, then we have rendered truth meaningless. We've rendered facts meaningless because if it's determined immediately that this was a racially motivated act, then we don't ever look past the emotions to get to the facts and the idea of racism will never be eliminated in this country because we are going to manifest a reality. And this happens all the time. This happens all the time. These interactions, people don't die all the time, but interactions between cops and black guys, cops and white guys happen thousands of times every single day and 99% of them turn out okay. But the ones that aren't, that are bad, that end badly, are the ones that get highlighted and presented as though they are the main thing that happens across the country when they're not. It is frightening and I have noticed that this stuff is highly publicized to the point where it gets on my kids' radar who don't care about politics at all, and it makes them afraid. So it's, it's possible. Scary. Yeah, it's it's the way they do swatting or people who get killed in their own homes armed. It may be a way to just chill people from, on the one hand, self-defense by having people, <laughs> cops, no-knock raids and stuff that get people ca- killed in their own home. And to not to so you're defenseless and then you're also afraid of 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 asking for help. I mean, I don't know what yeah. what the point would be of of that. I guess they just general chaos is a possibility. General chaos. They amp up the anxiety level of people in the African-American community and police officers because they're creating this tension. Cops are going in knowing this story happened. It's been all over the media, so they're going to be on a heightened alert level. People in communities where these police officers often are are going to be on a heightened alert level. Everybody's anxieties are going to be boiling over, and it's going to increase the possibility that something like this will happen. And we see these riots that are happening up there, things being set on fire. It's chaos, just like you said. And we have to ask the question when people are seeing news like this, because they try to inject that racism into the headline so that you never look past the headline and you instantly determine how you feel and which side you're on, rendering the facts irrelevant. Like I said, we have to ask ourselves, is it possible for there to be an altercation between a white police officer and an African-American man and that altercation not be racially motivated? To say no to that is crazy. Having a brother who was a junkie and a criminal and a lot of black cops in New York, although I will tell you, he was very well treated by the cops most of the time. If he wasn't being violent, if he was just being a junkie, he was homeless for a while. They did treat him with respect because he'd have like a bag full of books of like Tolstoy and stuff. And they respected him for that. But when he was violent, people were definitely going to freak out a little bit but yeah so i I don't know about that but i will say the this the no i do no i mean yes of course there's a possibility of having interaction or altercation that's not racially motivated absolutely oh yes 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 i do what i'm saying i'm not sure about is if he were a black guy he looked puerto rican that's what people say oh yeah the question is would the same thing have happened to a white guy Basically. Yeah, like he's he when he came to pick me up from a party once, the, a friend of mine said, "Hey, there's some Puerto Rican guy looking for you." And I was like, "Okay." So that's what he looked like. He had a little soul patch and whatever. <laughs> so I don't know if that quali- what race 
what racial profile that qualifies him in hanging out in Harlem doing heroin? I really don't know. So I don't know. But it didn't seem to me. I think if a black guy were carrying around a bag of experience stuff, they probably would have been like, hmm, this is an interesting <laughs> character. I don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know how much race plays into it. And I don't know how much the fact that a lot of this stuff is is highly racially correlated in the behavior. Like, so he hung around with a lot of black guys and Puerto Rican guys. That's why he dressed like that, because he wanted, or he looked like that. He was, that was his culture. Yeah, I think that the question of would that happen to your brother or would that have happened to a white guy, the same outcome, if the same thing exactly happened, I think a lot of times, maybe. Oh, my guess is that happens a lot and that you never see it. And I will tell you an example or two that I have seen where someone just like that big, heavy guy resisting arrest, not complying, has been killed and it gets no press whatsoever. Pretty much is kids with Down syndrome, yeah. men with Down syndrome. Yeah. So my son has Down syndrome. I've seen him numerous times in situations with authorities at the TSA um, when he's been lost and cops have been kind of on the scene to try to find him, he freaks out and they freak out. Hands are on guns. Everybody's freaking out. And I have read cases where they've suffocated the kids just sitting on them, whatever, to get them to comply. It's yeah. difficult. And there isn't, I mean, is it anti-Down syndrome? I don't know. I've had a couple of interactions with police officers when I was younger where I got pounced on. Oh, I have had some unpleasant. I, I've got I got pounced on in one time yeah. by multiple white police officers. I another time was wrongfully arrested because there was a computer glitch that said I didn't pay a ticket that made my license show up suspended when I had gotten pulled over for not using my blinker, which I did use my <laughs> blinker. But I got pulled over on right, Moreland right. Avenue. And I was the only white guy there. The police officers, the young police officer, they double handcuffed me. They paraded me around the parking lot. They, they called all his other police officer friends. They were mocking me. I, I didn't I care. Do. I understood what was going on. I'm a pretty easygoing <laughs> guy. I'm like, okay, I get it. That's I, pretty easygoing. I probably okay I probably would have been buddies with a guy had we talked and just joked around for I a few minutes. I sincerely doubt that. He sounds like an asshole. He, probably, he was an asshole in that moment, but... There's a lot of How pressures. How did he get to that moment by yeah. being completely open to being an asshole? <laughs> There's a lot of pressures there. Then an old. Then they put me in an armored police car. I had just got done teaching. <laughs> I had just got done teaching an improv corporate training workshop. I looked like a banker. I don't always dress nice. I was dressed very nice. I looked like a banker, so I looked like the stereotypical Brad you would see on Wall Street. <laughs> so I Brad, was the Brad, perfect Brad type Brad. Yeah, I was the perfect person to have in that situation to parade around. Then to put. Then to make an example. <laughs> to put me in an armored police an armored police car oh and God. the judge later apologized to me because the whole thing was bogus but the police officer an older police officer came and he got back in the back of the armored police car with me and he apologized to me for the other police officer's behavior told me exactly what was going on which i already knew it I already knew it was that racially motivated partially it, but it, it was partially, the cop black yeah they were all black oh. i was the only white person in the situation oh, uh. and but I don't think uh, there's other factors as well. I don't hold any grudges. I wasn't mad. I, I, I kind of laughed the situation off because I knew I didn't do anything wrong. And I spent an evening at the jail until I got it cleared up. And later on, the, a judge apologized to me when I went to court about it and everything was dismissed. The, the previous occasion, 
I can tell you more about this story later because it's a long story. It's a pretty funny story. I used to do Why it. Why do you save it for a bit. disappearing patient party? Yes, that's probably a good idea Make to do. Make a note it. of it. Write but it down. I always write that down. The point, the takeaway from that story is I was pounced on. It was white officers pouncing on a white guy. Was it racially motivated? No. Anybody in that situation would have been pounced on. I deserved it. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> and I'm not saying that this, that this anybody in this situation deserves getting pounced on or deserves what happened. They sh- okay, they it should not. It looked to me that they were using terrible judgment yes. and they were completely confident in their terrible judgment, which is why I think they were trained to do exactly what they did. There's an overcompensation of reaction. And when there's multiple officers, and these are usually strong guys, they work out a lot and they can use their physical force because they, they use this training to make sure to, to stop the threat that it can harm people. And the force they used against me was excessive. I couldn't hardly walk the next no. day. But mm-hmm. the point is, that happened to me, and it had nothing to do with you know what? I, yeah, race. I really want to see, and it's notoriously difficult to get this kind of data. I want to see all the deaths that resulted at the hands of police, the circumstances, the racial comparison the issue the crime being committed or whatever i would love to see those stats they are notoriously hard to get yeah. but and that and and but i did see one stat of that virtually none were ever indicted cops now yeah. they're in a busy they're in a job that that that's the nature of the job so i, I imagine whatever we could go on and on but i would love those stats if anybody does stumble upon those please send them along i would appreciate it yeah, and I want to clarify, there should absolutely be an investigation. What happened was terrible. It was poor judgment, like you said. Was it racially motivated? Would it have happened if it was a white guy? I don't know, but we can't always presume that race is the only factor or we will never get to the truth and we will be torn apart and divided in this country. We must see around the race factor, investigate it, yes, but also investigate the other factors and let's work together instead of tearing each other apart. And I would say it should not it, it there should be a kind of jury nullification element to it where, like I've said many, many times, what I learned in law school is that medical malpractice, you get sued for medical malpractice. You lose that case if you don't follow protocol, not if you do something you know is wrong. You can know it's you're going to put a ventilator in an old lady. You know, she's going to die. You don't think it's the right thing yeah. to do, but they tell you to do it. You have to do it or you're in trouble. So there should be a nullification of the protocols and the laws and say, hey, that's no excuse. You should have known better. You did know better. And a reasonable person in your position would have known better. And then when you look at these cases, because I'm confident those cops did what they were trained to do. That's what it looked like to me. So when when they have to answer, they just following orders. If that's what we want, then we need another mechanism to have that those cases used to uh, identify whether those rules and training are right or not. Yes, you can say we have a representative government and uh, you put people in place who make these rules. We're not watching them. They don't answer to us. There is no transparency. This The opportunity is a jury situation, in my opinion. And I'm open to argument, but this is what I I keep getting back to it. And until something convinces me otherwise, that's where I'm going to be. I want to tell you a couple aspects of the reporting on this that are just horrible right after a word from our sponsor. 
What's up, guys? With everything going on in the world right now, it couldn't be a better time to grow your own food. Or if you're like me, to learn how to grow your own food. Something that I've wanted to learn how to do for a long, long time because I want to learn how to live a more sustainable lifestyle. That's why I'm thrilled to have found Neighbors Feed and Seed in Smyrna, Georgia, one of the most welcoming, friendly, and truly helpful places that I have ever been to in my life. They offer affordable, high-quality garden supplies, vegetable plants, bird feeds, chicken feeds, premium pet food, just about anything you can think of, and they got it. And they got it at affordable prices that the big box stores cannot compete with. And the best part about it is that they're locally owned by a fantastic group of folks who are happy to answer any growing or planting questions that you may have. It's the kind of personalized customer service that a beginner like me needs. I'm going to be honest with you. I love Neighbors Feed and Seed. I would hang out there all the time if I could. They would have to kick me out, which they wouldn't do because they're too welcoming and friendly to do it. It's that kind of place, and you can feel it as soon as you walk through the door. So if you are in the Smyrna area, go to Neighbors Feed and Seed. I promise you, you will thank me later. Maybe I'll see you there. In the meantime... You can check out their website at NeighborsFeedAndSeed.com. That's NeighborsFeedAndSeed.com. Or if you have any questions, give them a call at 678-653-8838. That's 678-653-8838. And make sure you tell them that the Propaganda Report sent you. I also want to say that the guys over at Neighbors have put together a special seed packet bundle for listeners that consists of a lot of non-GMO seeds, enough to start a mini farm, basically. And you can get that for $27.99, a price well below the typical price that you're going to find. And you can even get 10% more off of that if you use the discount code propaganda and included in your package you're going to get some instructions you're going to get some sticker swag and you're going to get a personal note included in every single order so check that out coupon code propaganda they're doing e-commerce now you're gonna love it that's great i did want to give a shout out to when one of our patron saints daniel just said thanks to you guys for all you do that's me and you brad Oh, thank you, Daniel. That's yeah, awesome. I thought that was nice. Yeah, that's used great. a shout out to shout out yeah, to that's, us. That's, I think that's, that's super sweet. Yeah, that is sweet. And thank I, you. I, I wanted to say we're trying to upgrade our uh, status on our platform, our podcasting platform. So I had to put up a survey. They want to know who listens to us, but it doesn't say it's totally anonymous. It's just basically like age and gender kind of thing. Like just what yeah, it's real quick for ratings. It took me 15 seconds. So we need, I think 250 responses. If you could go to the propreport.com, find it there or at Patreon, or I tweeted it also. Maybe I'll pin it to my Twitter. Great. I think we're pretty close to getting the number. We should be, we should be, but I expect them to tell us when we've done it, so I haven't heard it yet. Okay, so this morning, the top trend on Twitter was make whites great again. And there were articles with headlines that said, after a police officer kills an African-American, make whites great again, trends on Twitter. As though there were a bunch of racists going to Twitter to tweet, yeah, make whites great again. That was what these headlines were conveying. That's bullshit. The reason make whites great again was trending is because there was an image going around, a side-by-side image of the police officer involved, of one of them, and of a guy in a red hat that said, make whites great again. And the tweet was, this is the police officer who 
killed this man earlier today. And here he is, the same police officer wearing a Make Whites Great Again hat, a Trumpian hat, a racist hat, tens of thousands of retweets and people outraged about it. And it's all bullshit. That is not the same person. It doesn't even look like the same person. Not even, they're like a decade apart in age, at least, when you look at the photo. I mean, from a distance without your glasses on, you can tell this is not the same person. Yet, this is spreading around Twitter like wildfire, and they're trying to make it about race. When they have to try and force the race issue down your throat, when they have to say, look, it's racism, 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 when they're trying to take away your ability to look at it and discern for yourself, then you should look at it a little bit harder because if they have to say it's so obvious it's racism, then why would they have to tell us? We should be able to see it. Here's the thing. They are most definitely trying to get us at each other's throats. That's what this stuff is, especially when it's black versus blue stuff, because we should be joining together against the the cop overreach report training and all that kind of stuff. But I will say that you pointed out these protests around the Arbery thing. They weren't worried about COVID or masks or anything like that. And as I think about what I what I keep wanting to do something for Fourth of July, I'm trying to see if I can pick up any thread of anyone doing anything in DC. I just am not capable of organizing something like that. I just don't know how it works. But even if we were to just have a meetup, people suggested that we do a meetup in Atlanta where a lot of our listeners are. And I realized and I thought to myself, wow, we could if we had a meetup, Absolutely everybody, nobody would be freaked out like you were worried your friend's girlfriend would be, the person who's throwing the Like, nobody would be like, oh, they're not wearing a mask. We would all be able to say, hey, this is bullshit, ha ha, have our little fun, be at a party, maybe it'd be 40 people, maybe it'd be 100 people, I don't know, okay? But then I started thinking, when you said yesterday that she kept it under 10 people because of respect or custom or law or whatever... I realized, and maybe I've made this point before, but it's worth making again. It was that Alex Jones video of the guys at Katrina who were talking about how the cops came by from door to door and collected people's guns after Katrina. Do you remember that one? Yeah. And the guys later said, we just looked at each other and said, hey, we just got our guns took. No cold, dead hands. They just took our guns. And it goes to that book I said, how do you kill 11 million people? You lie to them. You got control of their minds. So we lost our First Amendment in a real way with without any resistance whatsoever, because I want to meet up with those people and I cannot do it right now. No matter if somebody steps up, that's fine. That would be great. But normally I've done it before. I just go to a bar. They want us there. They like it. They're like, please do it. It's advertising for me. We would be doing that. But we're, we can't, we cannot. And that is, it's just like our founders were like, Hey, let's get together and talk about this government overreach. That's what Liberty on the Rocks was about. That's what being at the pub and slamming the table was about. And we can't do it right now without, and, and there's just, it's, it's that, it's the propaganda. It's just got us from being able to, to exercise our first amendment rights, all of them, assembly, petition, religion, speech, press, all of it. It's created the fear of social pressure. The order to actually stay under 10 has been lifted, but it's the social pressures, just like in a lot of cases, the mask or the or the institution or the organization that's requiring the 10 person thing. People want to come. People from Canada have said they want to meet up with us. If we're going to meet up, they will come. 
And can you really buy a ticket knowing that at any moment your freedom could be erased? And I mean, you just have to stand down. I'm holding tickets to Austin for my kids for spring break still. We were going to go to Austin. I mean, I, I had the tickets. It's like $2,000 worth of tickets for all of us. And what are we going to do with that? I guess figure out when we can go to Austin again. I'm just saying they've they've got us. It's that it's a it's a chill thing. It's a lot of stuff. And speaking of the First Amendment, this thing with Twitter and Trump is has more nuances to it than you think. So you tell me what you got and I'll tell you where I think it goes. Well, I think it's interesting that this story I just told you about the top top Twitter twin twinned trend. <laughs> Twitter twin like Cindy Brady over here the top Twitter (laughs) trend twins it was not fact-checked it did not receive the new Twitter fact-check label despite having tens of thousands of reshares despite being easily disprovable yet Trump's tweet his hyperbole that was tweeted I mean that's on purpose I'm sure it was on purpose I mean, it's so easily disprovable, but no Twitter fact check yet. Trump's tweet about the mail-in voting gets the first Twitter fact check of the president. Where what they do is they put a little link next to it, like a little warning link, a blue warning link that says, "Make sure you get all the facts about whatever," and then you click on it. And when you click on it, it takes you to trusted sources, trusted fact checkers to help you understand the issue better. And these sources that it takes you to are CNN, Washington Post, NPR, are everybody who disagrees with Trump, who says Trump is crazy. Then it takes you, then it also links a couple of experts, which are people's Twitter accounts who commented on it that have a blue check mark but have no expertise in that subject when you look into them. Everybody it takes you to disagrees with Trump. No counter opinion. Everyone says it's crazy to say that despite the fact that five years ago they all sung a different tune. But before going into that, there's a couple of things that this does. This flagging of Trump does. Up until yesterday, nobody cared besides Stacey Abrams about the mail-in voter thing. Nobody cared about it for the national conversation to get sparked to drive action is what I mean. It was well, like, I don't I know how to feel to about it. Because last week I had the story teed up that I was going to bring because it was it is emerging. As it, no, issue. it's emerging, but yeah. people don't know how to feel about it. Right, they don't right, know which side right. to go I on. Know. So yeah. they're not compe- compelled to take the action. They're not fired up about it. So what this does is by Trump doing this and then Twitter flagging it, the first one, that's a big thing. That's a big controversy is that signals to people on Trump's side, oh, I know where to stand on mail-in voting now. doesn't have to be confusing. And Twitter's, on the other side. Yeah, and then the other side. So it clears up the the gray area for people, gives them somewhere to stand and injects emotion into it, which makes it an important issue to them, whereas before it wasn't top of the mind. As a matter of fact, the story I read last week that laid it out, I was doing a little bit of research. I didn't just use the one story, but there was one story very well laid out. I think it might have been in the Washington Post that said Republicans don't want mail-in voting. Let's check their reasons against the facts and it had five reasons that they object to it and they debunked them one after another but i went to my friend garland stuff at voter ga and he there are reasons that that mail-in voting 
is okay, but Republicans don't like it. And they will say to me, boy, what do you think about mail-in voting? Can you believe that? And I'm like, I don't know. It seems it might be okay. I understand that it has, uh, it, there are a couple of things that make it important. There are a couple of things that make it risky, but I can. Republicans it. loved it a few years ago and Democrats hated it. And Democrats is opposed it. And Democrats said the same stuff Trump is saying. And Republicans said the same thing Democrats are saying. There was a scandal in 2018, 17, where a North Carolina Republican, they had to have the election thrown out because he was stealing absentee ballots and they were going into nursing homes and coercing people who were could not talk, could not understand. They were voting for them. See, absentee ballots, yes, ballots. I can see how where the nuance is shaking out then. So back then, if I I don't I wasn't paying attention to the issue, but this is what I bet. Absentee ballots are for soldiers and old people. That's gonna skew Republican. So the Republicans want to make sure that absentee ballots get caught. But if you expand that to mail-in voters, then you get people maybe who don't get out a lot. Maybe they're on welfare. Maybe they're COVID shut-ins. Maybe they don't just, if you don't have a job, you don't go out very much. You're probably kind of not going to the polls on the way home from work, that kind of thing. And what you're talking about is called... Mm, Vote harvesting, right? Yes, ballot harvesting ballot or harvesting. ballot collecting. And it, it, Georgia does not allow anybody else to to drop your thing off. So you have to drop it off. You have to take it to a post office. One thing that is that I think Garland points out is it takes years to put this kind of a thing in place. You can't just do it on an important election like a presidential yeah, I've heard that Republicans are bigger cheaters when it comes to voting. That's basically impossible for me to believe. I'm sure they're both equally huge if at best. But you can keep the paper ballot. You can scan it. You can email it. There are many ways that you can use it to verify or audit. I don't know. But the, the you can even have a barcode on it with a or you can have a signature on your seal. There are a lot of ways to do it. Voting is always, in my opinion, always, always, always a uh, devil's in the details kind of thing. And I really have to tell you two quotes regarding Michelle Obama on this. Okay. Yeah. Are you impressed by that? So she did this when we all vote thing. And she said, it's just, she can't, it upset her because people only vote when someone inspires them. And she said, that's, this is her quote. That's my trauma. Man, people think this is a game. So she throws in man. Like, what is she? Like, shaft? <laughs> hey, man. Biden does that, too, all the time. Oh, yeah, because it's from the 60s. I say, I say it, but, but not in order to sound like whoever it is she's trying to sound like. But that's my trauma. So she's appealing. Those are the little dog whistles. But this is the hilarious Biden quote. Huh, freaking hilarious about whether he would pick her for vice president. <laughs> He said, I don't think she has any desire to live in the White House again. You might not know this, but a former vice president would know that the vice president doesn't live in the White House. They don't all just freaking live together and groove out and walk around in their PJs. and Right, no bunk beds and chocolate chip cookies at 11 o'clock at night. No, they have their own houses. The White House isn't even that big. And, And... Biden should know that because he was vice president and did not live in the White House, whereas she did live in the. Maybe he was thinking of asking her to move in, and he was answering. Oh his yeah, own get question. it on. Yeah, yeah, maybe he wanted her to be first lady again. Hate to break it to you, Betty or whatever his wife's name is. Yeah. 
So the voter fraud thing, here's what I can envision. And there's a long list of voter fraud examples that I've pulled. I don't have them organized. We can talk about them in an upcoming show, maybe. But there's arguments on both sides. And the media is acting as though it's outrageous to suggest that fraud can happen with mail-in voting just because Trump's saying, and literally New York Times, NPR, Washington Post, I found articles from all of them arguing the opposite a few years ago. And what I can see, Stacey Abrams, the way that she registered more people in Georgia than ever is she did stuff like show up to concerts and coax drunk people into scribbling their name on something. It was very coercive, getting people whose guard was let down when they weren't in their right mind, so to speak. They did the drive through at Popeye's. Remember that story? Going up to people's windows while everybody's waiting in line for their Popeye sandwiches. I see the same thing happening here. I see activist meetups, calls, like maybe a, a training session led by Stacey Abrams Come to this training session and we will walk you through what everything on your ballot means. And while there, by the end of it, here, Vote just scribble pencil. this in right here. You know, my thing about how the illiterate people yeah. in Peru, they vote for the pencil. Vote for the pencil. Vote for the pencil, man. The door to door with Oprah. Hey, here I am with Oprah. Let us walk you through personally what your ballot looks like and what you should do. This type of thing is what will happen with Stacey Abrams. They're oh, yeah, probably have training right now. Tabs. For Signature tabs that have like a picture of Oprah and a thumbs up. <laughs> They'll put it on the ballot. This is Oprah's pick. Just so you know, we're not telling you who Oprah's for, pick. Yeah, Oprah they're going to put next to it. Right. Sponsored a sponsor. Put a little sticker next to it. <laughs> and we're going to see so, probably Stacey Abrams showing up to every nursing home in the country, talking to oh, the people yeah. who can't on their really speak out. for them. Let me help so you maybe out. maybe if they're not alive on election day, how early do you get to vote? Does it count if you're not in the future? Yeah, that's a great point. What if yeah. somebody dies on election day? Or the day, I mean, if they mail in the vote three months ahead of time and it's COVID time and they jam respirators into that's everybody. That's a good point. Who knows? So there there was something I did yesterday in the patron 15. I will never, ever, ever try to, re- I try never to repeat myself, but this is important. I want people who were didn't hear that yesterday to look into this thing. It was the fourth industrial revolution on the World Economic Forum website from a few years ago. I I mentioned it to you and it was in 2016. I didn't 100% know what to make out of it, but it it is all coming together for me now because one of the things is I heard somebody say unrelated to this that that they want the 21st century, the person who is speaking expected, an expert, medical expert, whatever, the 21st century to be to biology, what the 20th century was to chemistry. So 100 years ago, there was all this chemical uh, that people figured out all this chemical stuff. They really cracked chemistry, all our energy is kind of chemical, petrochemicals, all that kind of stuff. The fourth industrial revolution, building on the third, the third is electronics and information technology automating production. The fourth is going beyond that, where the physical, digital, and biological spheres are few... because of a fusion of technology, the lines between the physical, digital, and biological spheres blur. They want to vary biological functionality rather than material properties for the tech of the future. And that's what you said was gene editing. Yeah, that's what they, it sounds like. They are redefining what it means to be human, what it means to work, and what it means to be completely embedded in the world. That's They yeah. showed people with artificial limbs. They talk about uploading into, I believe they talked about uploading, like consciousness, which is a Rockefeller thing. And then the final thing I have to 
say is that they, in the video I was watching, the World Economic Forum about the Fourth Industrial Revolution, once we can access people's thoughts and emotions, we have to create a space where they can think freely. Just wrap your minds around that. Once we can control people's thoughts and emotions, we have to create a space space where they can think freely. And of course... That's that, like the two. That, the that's two where minutes I of go hate, to think right? freely. <laughs> that's the yes. 1984 two minutes of hate equivalent, yeah. essentially, which they'll be listening to because it'll be digital. So I, I think they didn't. They actually have that. Didn't you bring us a story where people were actually? Yeah, doing they did that? have that. Yeah, about Trump or Russia. Yeah, it was. I can't remember where it was, but where they were screaming for two minutes and they were doing it in a theater. And it's crazy. It's also a way to get people to shout out their grievances and they can do a hundred flowers like campaign and go round them up later on if they say the wrong thing. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. On that note, I have lots of, I have lots more stuff for the patron. I do too. I have, uh, yeah. I want to so, tell you something important about coronavirus, which we told you two weeks ago, but now it's yeah. official. Yeah. Oh, great. I can't wait to hear it. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that we post every time that we post a Drive Time News Blast, go to patreon.com slash report and become a patron. And we will talk to you guys in the Patron 15.